This is your life, God's truth, your QFM. It's Phil. On the phone with me is State Senator Steve Green for District 2. Thank you, Steve, for taking the time to visit with us here on this Friday. And uh, we are in some interesting times, aren't we, here in Minnesota? We certainly are, Phil. It's a, you know, it's just something that I think there's a few of us, including you, that knew uh, that if the Democrats ever got the, what they call the trifecta, the House and Senate and Governor, we would be in for some shaky times. But even I didn't realize that they would come this hard this fast. Yeah, everything is moving very quickly. They're doing that on purpose. Uh, you are getting bills down there as a senator. I know the same is in the House. You're getting them and not a lot of time to look at them and, you know, uh, let alone try to put some amendments on them. I mean, the pace is remarkable, isn't it? It is very much so. And, uh, you know, just like on, on the abortion bill that went through, we tried, uh, you know, dozens of amendments and everyone was shot down. And some of them were really, really common sense. Uh, yeah. But they, they are not taking any amendments. Um, my thinking is they want to get through their controversial stuff and get it all passed before the budget comes up, and then they can focus on the budget and people will forget. But I don't think that greater Minnesota folks are going to forget. No, and it hasn't stopped with the egregious abortion bill. In fact, they're not even done with abortion yet. There's more bills coming on that subject that in my, I, I was reading a little article about it, Basically, what these cleanup abortion bills are is to strip absolutely any wording, any pro-life wording out of any legislation that we currently have in Minnesota. Uh, so we are just 100 percent full on abortion, uh, you know, available birth to death, no restrictions whatsoever. So, you know, we'll talk about that at another time. That's still to come. They already did pass the carbon-free bill the by 2040, and I know you were very upset about that. You were working uh, with a lot of our rural electric cooperatives. Give us a couple of minutes on your thoughts of that bill, Steve. Well, the bill it is going to be extremely costly. Uh, just to, I'll give you the quick rundown, and if you want more, I'll go into detail. Uh, what this has done is it's put a complete moratorium on any new nuclear uh, XL Energy, which is a big uh, company out of the cities, they get to uh, include their nuclear. So they'll be able, they still can't reach the 100% carbon free. And in their plan, it states that their plan is based on information or technology that's not available yet. However, they will be able to get closer. And so what's going to happen is our utilities and our, our co-ops out here will end up having to buy carbon credits from places like XL. Okay. So our, our electric bills are going to go up, and if you add in not just your electric bill, but also what it's going to cost you every time you go to a store to purchase anything, anytime you order anything with all the expansion, the, I've been saying $3,800 a year, but it's actually $3,800. So it's almost $3,900 a year. So we're well over $300 a month that this is going to drive up household costs in Minnesota. Yeah, and that's and you know because all of your uh, your industries are going to go up more than that, and they'll be passing on the cost. Do you think so that it? Go ahead. Do you think the government wants to break rural electric cooperatives and somehow someday take them over? 
There's absolutely no question about that, Phil, because there's another bill coming forward that I was just in committee on. And when you read that bill, what they're going to be doing as far as the PUC managing our co-ops, they will have to go to the PUC for everything. And uh, that's and, and the Public Utilities Commission is yeah. what that is. And, and they will uh, uh, they'll have complete authority. They'll be able to change the rules in midstream. It's it's not even a question in my mind that what they want is a complete uh, government takeover of the electric grid in Minnesota, uh, and they're going to starve us out the, until they get it. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's craziness, and you know we've been talking about this for a while of big government. You know we've been talking about it for decades. Uh, big government thinking they know better, and you know if they get a chance, they'll try to take control of pretty much everything. It's it's like socialism slash communism, Marxism, and there were people that would laugh at us over the years, Steve. You know, ah, you guys, you're just alarmists and all of that. But that is what we're looking at now on everything from education to, you know, the electrical grid, the power, uh, all these kinds of things. That's, That's where we're headed. There's just no doubt about it, is it, Steve? There is no question about it. And, and, you know, you hit the topics, education, uh, if the bills, the, I call them the anti-education bills that they're proposing, they're pretty much going to uh, uh, try to eliminate homeschooling with the reporting and stuff that people are going to have to do and what's going to have to be taught. Teachers are going to have to meet certain standards in all these uh, crazy CRT studies uh, or they're not going to be able to teach. Um, they're uh, they're going to break our schools with their uh, um, paid family leave. Yeah, and I hope people understand what that is too, because that's not that's not free time off. That's that's another payroll tax, just like Social Security and Medicare, and it's going to come out of everyone's check. And your businesses are going to have to backfill that, so the cost of everything is going to go up to, to cover that. And this thing, if you take uh, the the paid family leave, they can get up to six months off a year, and and then the uh, company will have to take that in, and even if you only have one employee, you're you're in, involved in that. And uh, if, it, if, as I understand it, and I haven't been able to get confirmation on this yet, but there's also the the paid sick and safe time. Yeah. And between those two bills, someone could be looking at 36 weeks off, wow. so almost nine months a year if someone wanted to work the system. Yeah. And that's going to come right out of the pockets of the people who are working, and so it's not free. People need to understand that. And that has already passed the House. That happened last night, as a matter of fact. Uh, we're recording yeah. this on Friday, the 17th. That passed the House and a companion bill, uh, no doubt making its way through the Senate for sure. Also, uh, coming up on Monday, the House will be passing or will be voting on the conversion therapy ban in Minnesota. You know, they don't, they don't want anybody... Uh, suggesting that there's anything wrong with people struggling with same-sex attraction or transgender ideologies. But let's face it, uh, there is a lot of young people, because of what's happening in our culture today, whether they think they're struggling with it or not, all of a sudden they think they are. And, you know, in many cases they want to get some help. They don't want to go down that path. But what the state, uh, this whole wokeism is doing is saying no, you can't say anything bad about it. You can't try to convince them that they're headed down a, a wrong and dangerous, harmful path. So they want to pass this 
conversion therapy ban. And, you know, if they're going to vote on it on the House floor, Steve, that generally means they already feel they have the votes to pass it, correct? That is absolutely correct. If they did not have the votes, they wouldn't be bringing it up. And so um, that, that tells you what's going on there. Um, and, and the way the Senate has been sticking together, uh, I don't know what our chances are. Uh, what, uh, what we've been doing is trying to get out into the districts. I'll be speaking at two events tomorrow and one next weekend. I did Bemidji last Saturday. And just trying to get people involved and up to date on what's coming at them. Yeah. And, and hopefully that they will join together with us and, and help push back. Because we, all we got to do is hold back one senator on the Democrat side and we could stop it. But so far they've been sticking together like glue. But all these things coming at us at once, it's, it's, uh, it's even hard to go out and talk to folks because by the time you're done, people's heads are spinning. Yeah. And that is the goal. Yeah, that is true. It's uh, it's just like chaos and keep people confused. And then at the same time, you know, they're quite organized and getting things passed that uh, are incredibly unfortunate. We got to talk about these gun bills. That's the reason you guys had the town hall last Saturday where at least 200 people came. People are very concerned about infringement on the Second Amendment. And these gun bills are slowly moving through. These seem to be a little bit slower, at least on making headway down there, but they're coming, aren't they, Steve? They are coming. Uh, one scary thing, when uh, I was getting ready for my uh, meetings this weekend, I was going to talk about the four gun bills, which are very intrusive, the red flag and the um, uh, a storage, background check, storage, yeah. and these other things. And then before the before we even went into session, before eleven o'clock, we got news that uh, another bill had popped up, uh, and it's uh, Senate File seventeen twenty three, and this is uh, just the most intrusive. Uh, this will this will require you, among many other things, you will actually have to have a license to own a gun, just like you would to drive a car. Wow! And uh, and I, I don't have time to go through all the pieces of it. But it is, it is gun control on steroids. Mm. And my thinking is, as hard as it's been for them to get the other four through, because if they had the votes to pass those bills, uh, Phil, they would, they would have been through already. Yeah. So people are pushing back on that. They need to continue to do that. My thinking was with this, uh, this huge one, even though this is their goal, and there's no question about that, they've, they've stated it for years, I think what they're going to do is... Uh, is use it as an example or a, a, a pass, if you will, yeah. for their for their senators to say, well, you know, we held back on the worst one, but we passed these other four bad ones as a compromise. Yeah, like and, some sort and, of a compromise, yeah. But the, the, the peop, what people have to know and understand and fight back on is that there is no compromise. The answer is no. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, we have a constitution that protects us, first of all, our right to uh, religion and free speech, but secondly, our right to defend ourselves against the government. Yeah. And so that's and so these these shall not be infringed. And so this is something that people really have to get together on and fight back on. Yeah. And uh, with without this, there there's no way to uh, to control an out of control government. Hmm. 
So again, for those just listening, you've been hearing us talk about these four gun bills that were introduced a little while back, a couple of weeks ago. But what Steve just said is a fifth one just dropped on Thursday, and it's even worse. So uh, that's something we're going to have to keep an eye on. That one you said actually might have something to do with DNR enforcement. Do you did you get a chance to check into that anymore yet? Or I haven't. I haven't gotten a confirmation on okay. that. Uh, I do need to find that out because that in itself, uh, DNR has other um, uh, abilities that regular law enforcement do not have. Uh, they have a lot of a lot of control, a lot of power, and so I'm still looking into that, and I have to fig- figure that out before the end of today. Okay, uh, and uh, and I will get back to you on that for sure. Okay. All right, so again, the gun bills, and we'll do our best to keep track of a lot of these in case people want to go down to St. Paul. I know that could happen for people to kind of protest or a show of support in opposition to the gun bills, Uh, but it doesn't stop there. Now we just had a bill drop on uh, legalizing assisted suicide in Minnesota, Uh, You know, we should be surprised, but we're not surprised anymore by all these things coming forward. We've got that. We've got making Minnesota a sanctuary state for uh, transgender surgeries and, you know, those kinds of things for even for minors. Uh, It just goes on and on and on. But, you know, MCCL has already commented on the assisted suicide. This is something we do not want in Minnesota, but... How are we going to stop that one, Steve? It's, it's the same thing. You know, we just have to put pressure on on the few rural Democrats that we have. It's, uh, I don't think you're going to have any luck in the in the metro area. Yeah, but for sure. I, I have to believe that there's people in the suburbs who actually did not come out to vote. Phil, uh, I mean, I'm I've never been shy in saying I I think there's voter fraud, and I do. But I also have seen the statistics. And a lot of Republicans in some of these other areas never came out. Now, that's not the case in our area. And I want to make sure that I, I let people know that how proud I am of them for, for standing up and, and, and coming to bat because they did. But we need to move that across the state. And we need yeah. people be paying attention on this because if you don't show up to the polls, you lose. And we're losing big. Oh, yeah. Well, there's massive conf- uh consequences happening right now because of that last election you know you've got the uh, recreational use of marijuana that's moving through that seems to be going fairly quickly i saw where some psychiatrists were testifying saying please you know if you're going to do this keep it to 25 and older because they talk about all the you know the bad things that happen to young people when they're using marijuana but Hey, those bad things continue on. I don't care if you're over 25. It's it's not a good thing, but I don't know. Are we going to be able to stop that in Minnesota? That, too, is one of the things I'm hoping because it's moving slow. And if it's moving slow, that means there's people on the other side that don't have uh, um, comfort on it. Yeah. And and so and, and these guys, uh, this is it's almost like a religion to them. And I don't think that they're going to let these bills fail. So if they can't get the votes, we probably won't see them for a vote, which means they'll stay alive. Be very careful because what that means is that they never give up, so they'll be moving them through later. But on this marijuana bill, I hope people understand that this is not just uh, legalizing uh, 
pot. It's, uh, it goes way beyond that. Yeah. In this bill, there is money to, uh, believe it or not, to give grants to help uh, emerging businesses in low-income areas. Uh, and so it's, it's almost like they're trying to destroy these low-income areas. And everybody wants to talk about minorities, and they could do that if they want. But if you believe that only minorities are poor, then you, then you need to uh, wake up. Yeah. Because this is across the board. And uh, our communities up here, we don't look at ourselves as being downtrodden and poor, but we don't make the kind of money they make in the cities. And so what that means is our communities could very well be uh, open up for, uh, for these kind of grants to come out. And, what, and I, I just got to stress this, Phil. This isn't, this isn't something that's in the, in the Twin Cities. This isn't something that's coming across the border, although it does. This is a marijuana or a drug shop two doors down from your house. Yeah. That your kids walk by every day. These are going to, they're going to, these little small businesses are going to spring up in this field. They're able to, to own and possess up to five pounds of marijuana. Uh, and I know we've talked before about how, you know, when, when we were kids, I, I always hated drugs. Uh, but the, the fact is back then, the amount of THC in the marijuana was very low. Now it's like 10 times what it used to be. This is a hard wow. drug. Yeah. And people do die from it. You can overdose on this and die. I've got the letters from families who are begging me to try to stop this because they've lost their children to this. So this is this is something that you really have to wake up. And, and this isn't just uh, uh, it's my right to do thing. This is going to damage our society yeah. greatly. You know, we've just spent 15 minutes or more talking about a lot of these issues that have moral consequences. They would go against biblical values. And they certainly affect the budget of Minnesota to a certain extent. But we haven't even talked about things like this ginormous bonding bill that they want to shove through. Now, that actually takes some Republicans to pass it. It takes a supermajority for the bonding bill. And then, like you said, we've got the budget still to come. There's uh, huge education spending bills coming. And, uh, you know, they're already, I can't remember if that's already passed, where and now there's going to be free meals in the schools for uh, all students, you know, breakfast and lunch. I don't think that actually has been quite passed no. because there's some other complications no. with that. You right. know, a lot of schools relying on the free and reduced meal applications for additional funding. I guess they were working on that this week, but it's just it's such a mess right now. Oh, man. Yeah, and the free and reduced lunches have not passed. There is. Well, first of all, we don't have the money for it. Uh, and so uh, just to keep people up to date, the, the governor proposed a $3.3 billion bonding bill. And what that is, it's borrowed money. Uh, some of it they pay cash for out of the surplus, but others it, it's, uh, it's borrowed to do projects. They were, the goal was to try to pass that before the budget, uh, February budget forecast came out, because they believe the budget forecast might be closer to $20 billion. Okay. And, and then it's harder to justify that. But what they want is to borrow what they wanted last year in the bonding bill, which is 1.5 plus another uh, half a million cash. So that would be $2 billion. Then they want to get the budget. They want to take and spend all of the surplus. Plus the governor in his budget looks like he wants to raise our taxes by another uh, $15 billion hmm. every two years. 
and, and spend that. And then after that, they want to come with another, that other bonding bill. So it's, uh, it, it's like there's, uh, I, I'll, I compared it to wolves getting into a sheep pen. And if, for those who don't know, once a wolf gets blood drunk, he just has to eat and he'll yeah. kill and he'll kill everything. Uh, even if he doesn't eat it. And it's, wow. that's the way this looks to me. It's just how much money can we get and spend? Wow. It's staggering. Uh, yes. it, it just is. And you guys have um, a first row seat to it all. You're right kind of in the middle of it. But at the same time, as the minority party, you don't have a whole lot of control other than the bonding bill. And, and you can use that as leverage a little bit, I suppose, you know, because a lot of people do would say, oh, yeah, we've got to fix our roads and bridges and other infrastructure, water, sewer, all that. OK, well, that's fine and dandy. But, you know, borrow, borrow, borrow. And this huge surplus, it sounds like that would be gone in like four years with this budget. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm guessing. Well, the other thing with the surplus is you have to remember that uh, at um, generally we're taxed about a third of what we make, you know, on average. And uh, during the during COVID, the federal government printed and dumped eighty one billion dollars into Minnesota. Hmm. So if you divide that by three, you know, you're gonna you're looking at pretty close to what we're looking at here for this budget surplus. Yeah. So it's really kind of fake money. And if you talk to your businesses and ask them how it's going, there's a few that are doing very well, but the majority are not. Yeah. Plus we, plus we can't get, uh, workers. Uh, I've had trucking companies in my office this week and before saying, don't do this marijuana bill. We can't find drivers now. And this is going to eliminate us Mm. on insurance. So that's going to drive costs up as well. So the, the, the cost of the consumer uh, is always what it comes down to. Yeah. And I've had this conversation many times, too, about they're going to tax corporations. Corporations don't pay tax, and people need to understand that. They're either, they're either providing a service or they're manufacturing something. And if their taxes go up, the cost of their goods go up, and the people that affect the most are the people that can afford it the least. Yeah. So we just need to cut... I shouldn't say we need to cut back on spending. I've been saying it, but what I'm telling you is that if and when these bills pass, life is going to get a lot harder for Minnesotans. Yeah, yeah. and then to top all of that off, everything we've just said, uh, the Democrats want to keep their power forever, and right now it looks like it would be pretty hard to wrestle it away anyway just because of how blue things are in these metro areas. But some of these bills that they're talking about on who they're going to allow to vote, everything from felons to illegals, illegals getting driver's licenses. And if you have a driver's license, you're automatically registered to vote. You know, that they're working on all of those things at the same time. You know, it's, it's really, again, staggering. Yes, that's exactly what's happening. And, and for those who, who uh, think that people here illegally should get a driver's license, and we have a few, in our area, I, I hope they understand that it's not about a driver's license. It's about a vote, and that's what it's coming down to. We tried numerous times. Are they in the House? We haven't seen this in the Senate yet, but they tried numerous times in the House to have, if you're going to do the driver's license, let's put on them not for voting or let's make them different yeah. so that people know they can't use them to vote. And all of those amendments were struck down. Hmm. And so that's the one bill, the driver's license for illegal. 
The other bill coming behind it is the one that says all you need is a driver's license as proof to vote. Yep. And also they'll be registering kids as young as 16. Uh, they're pre, it's a pre-registration, so they can't vote yet. But they will have a registration of everybody who's 16, and they will anybody who's registered or anybody who's on the on their list will automatically get their ballot, and that's where you get the ballot harvesting. Yeah, and they want so you, uh, automatic absentee ballots for people. If you sign up for it, you get it every year. Uh, you don't even have to ask again. That's what I was. I saw that yeah. one is coming as well. Great. And so, you know, we've got our work cut out for us, Phil, and it's not just a, it's not just a battle of the legislature. Yeah. Because we don't have the numbers. This is a battle for the people. This is, and like I said last Saturday, we are, we're, we're living in history now. Yeah. And we look back in time at all the, the things that this country went through and, and how people stepped up during the revolution and how, how the Americans stepped up during the Civil War, World War One, World War Two. Well, this is our time now. And history is going to judge us uh, on on what we do here. Uh, are we going to are we going to allow all the things that have been fought for for so many years? Our freedom of religion, mostly, because that's com- under complete attack. And uh, are we going to allow it to go down, or are we going to fight? I, and I've said uh, I'm not a young man anymore, but I would much rather go down fighting than give up. So here we are. And, you know, I, for people that live in the QFM listening area, you know, we are represented by conservative people. There's you, for example, and Senator Mark Johnson, uh, who actually is the minority leader down there. And so we say to ourselves, well, we've done what we can do, so what else can we do? I mean, we don't live in the metro area. It, it's too expensive to go down there every day to, you know, march and, and protest at the state capitol. Uh, so in some ways we feel like uh, obviously we can pray, uh, but then you know if you email some of these other senators or phone calls, I saw where Robert Kupek was saying that if he gets an email from anyone other than his district, he's just going to disregard it. You know, he's only going to listen to people from his own district. And I guess I kind of get that, but you know, I suppose it's we still can try. We still need to. To, to put on the pressure, but it, it is going to really fall on God-fearing people in the suburbs and, like you said, the metro area and some of these places. Uh, they're really they're going to have to fight along with us, you know, fight a lot harder apparently than they have been fighting, or, uh, or Minnesota really could be lost. I mean, there are those who feel that Minnesota is lost. Uh, we've crossed over, you know, and uh, we'll see. But, uh, you know, it is hard to know what to do, isn't it, Steve, for people that live up here? It is, uh, but I will say that uh, call to action, I guess, is the best way to put it. You must know people living in Kupek's district, for instance. Yeah. And Kupek is not even listening to the people in his district. Uh, yeah, that's true. He was, he was pinned down a week or so ago. Uh, by by folks in his district and a lot of the businesses who said don't pass this uh, or don't vote for the paid family leave because it's going to destroy us. We we're, uh, we can't do it. And uh, he was hammered time and time again. And his response was, "Well, I have to uh, consider my caucus." Mm. Uh, and uh, the, I guess it was one of the guys from American Crystal Sugar who said. 
you have to make your choice. Are you going to, you know, consider the people that you work for here in your district, or are you going to go with your caucus? And that was the headline. Yeah. Kupek, Kupek chooses between caucus and district. And he so, chooses uh, the caucus is what he's been doing. So. Yep, yep. And so this is something that, you know, the people over there are going to have to take care of. That's true, but certainly we should be supporting them. Yeah. I mean, we. Uh, I'm glad that we have uh, what we do in greater Minnesota, rural Minnesota, but uh, that if we're going to say, well, we're okay here, the, the answer to that is we're not. No, we're not, because it's not enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and uh, if there is a chance of going down to St. Paul to be a part of a protest or a rally or something like that, we need to really consider doing that. And, you know, we'll do our best to uh, keep folks, in, in you know, informed of those sorts of things. And we need to certainly pray, pray, pray like never before. Uh, Kupak that we're talking about, he's from the Moorhead area. And then there's a couple others over on the Iron Range area, too, that certainly on these gun bills, you know, those areas are very pro-Second Amendment. And are they going to vote against their residents? Well, we pray that they won't. You know, that's kind of where things are at. But uh, all right. And, you know, it was so sad to see that big corporation that was going to build a big facility over in Cohasset. You know, that's our people like us, rural Minnesota. And they would have had up to a thousand jobs with this new business. And the governor just didn't seem to care. You know, they're probably not even in favor because they'd rather see people be dependent on the government than to see a big corporation move into the area and bring all those jobs. I mean, that was incredibly sad, Steve, when that happened. Yeah, that was. I I, uh, I guess I, I did think that was going to go through. Yeah. Uh, but of course, the governor came out and said he was for it, but he's done that before and then, uh, and then not stood up to his word. But the, they just had had enough, and I think I, I, I haven't talked to those guys yet, but it, it appears to me that the, the straw that broke that camel's back was the, the zero carbon blackout bill. Oh, sure. Because they, they, they didn't even know, first of all, if they were going to be able to get electricity because we could be looking at rolling blackouts. Yeah. To, you know, from all the studies, if when this bill goes full four, or when the, when the results of the bill that passed now come full tuition. And that, along with the permitting and uh, and the fact that they have to go through the DNR to get their wood supply, I think they just said this, we've already spent millions we can't afford yeah. to do a 400 and some million dollar project and have the, the rug uh, ripped up underneath us. Yeah. So. And I guarantee you they're going to move to a red state where they have much more business-friendly climate and it'll just be a, a lot easier and more profitable for them. I, I, that's what's going to happen. And more and more, our country is getting divided because of these policies. And it's not the fault of red states. It's just not. You know, we are all about wanting everyone to prosper and, you know, to be free. But it's these ridiculous progressive ideas that is dividing this country. There is just no, there's just no doubt about it. It's so obvious, Steve. Yes, it is. It really much is. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I just want to mention uh, uh, a thank you to all the people that that came out uh, last Saturday to the to the meeting over in Bemidji, uh, just so that they know. Um, I had uh, quite a few people thank me for that, and I only had one email uh, from someone that was there who was upset that we mentioned God, 
and did the flood flag, flag pledge. Wow. He, he likes the Second Amendment right, uh, but he doesn't doesn't uh, believe in God. Yeah. And so I tried to talk to him a little bit, but that was didn't go very far. <laughs> and then the other one that I got was from a former uh, elected official over there who, uh, who from all indications, might be running for office again. And those are the only two. And she wasn't there. She just heard about it. And so, you know, I think that it's pretty... Uh, pretty obvious where the people stand yeah. and uh, I'm, I'm hoping that we can get enough notice when these bills come up that I can get the word out to you guys. I'll do the best I can in yep. time for you to come on down. So. Okay. Okay. Steve Green, he's our Senator for District 2. God bless you, Steve. And I know you and uh, the others need strength, uh, not only physically, but spiritually as well. It's hard to go down there and deal with this day after day after day. I mean, I just, you guys are going to end up with PTSD after all this, when this legislative session is done, for goodness sakes. Well, it's, it's frustrating, I'll say that. That's as far as I'm going to go for now. But yeah. it, it's going to be very frustrating. All right. Thank you for taking the time, Steve. Anytime, Phil. You can call anytime. Okay. This is your life, God's truth, your QFM.